30 teams, 30 days, 30 pods. Today we're going down to the city of brotherly love, but how much love do we have for the Phillies? Let's get into it. What is going on, baseball fans? One back to We Got Ice. My name is Jack, joined here by Lorenzo, and we're going to talk some Phillies, who are a cult classic in this podcast. I think my first hot take, the first time I've been canceled, one of many times, I've been canceled on Twitter for my baseball yeah. takes. It was the Phillies. Yeah. They came for me. But me and the Phillies fans' relationship is weird. It's like an on-again, off-again fling. I feel like we're mm-hmm. friends with benefits mostly, but I don't know how to yeah. feel about them this year yet. We, I haven't decided if I'm ready to commit. So Lorenzo was very high on them last year. I think very he high. picked Harper as MVP, Phillies as World Series champions. Yeah, I went And in. <laughs> halfway through the season, it came all crashing down. I think he cried a few times on stream. Um, it was it was just a bad bad situation. And then he got high on them towards the end of the season. Then it all came crashing down. And then the Phillies had a had a kind of wacky off season. Um, and they were in the. They were in the news a lot more than they probably should have been for, like, baseball reasons. So we get into that. But now it's like, where do we end up with the Phillies? Um, you can tell how good the Phillies were that month based on my most listened to song. When they were bad, mm-hmm. Landslide by Fleetwood Mac was my most listened to song. It was very yeah. sad. But when they were good, it was just, like, party rock anthem. I was just ready to roll. I was gassed. Yeah. But so, I will never... So, so, so a lot of Landslide. A lot of Landslide. I will never forget <laughs> where I was the weekend that the Phillies had a chance to make the playoffs against the Tampa Bay Rays and they got swept. I will never <laughs> forget that moment in my life. Against <laughs> against the Rays who were not playing anyone. Didn't care. The Rays Didn't were like, yo, we're going uh we're going to Miami for the weekend. We're going to throw down and the Phillies still lost. And I remember I was just sitting in my bedroom and I was like, Hello darkness, my old friend <laughs> So the Phillies hate the Rays. They should have a little kind of a, a hate rivalry. They're like, hey, guys, there, there you beat be us there. even though you benched your best players. That's not cool, man. Yeah, that is really embarrassing for the Phillies. But, yeah, so they came in at 28-32, and 32, very close to making the playoffs. Um, but, they, as we said, they got swept in the last three games of the season to brutally miss the playoffs. And kind of the big storyline all season um, was they're kind of doing the thing. They just have a comedically horrible bullpen. And they made some... Some moves at the deadline, they got all of the Red Sox good relievers, and they didn't, they just kept blowing games. They just blew game, after, they just were, they were like prostitutes over there. They were just whoa, blowing Whoa, 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 what was that? <laughs> <laughs> How many minutes into this pod we're in, and Jack has already made a violent joke? No, this is going to be a, a... That's not violent. I don't know. That's fair, actually. Or vile is what I meant. I'm not good with the language. But yeah, their bullpen was really the anchor. The worst bullpen in like MLB history, basically, based on statistics. So they go out. They fire their general manager. They hire Dave Dombrowski, who's just wheeling and dealing. He's like a sheriff in the Midwest. He's just firing off, Mm -hmm. getting any player he can. That's the way he does it. He did it with the Red Sox. He did it with the Tigers. He did it with the Marlins. He'll trade your best prospects and make you a team. So he comes into the Phillies, and he's like, all right, bullpen sucks. Let's go get Archie Bradley. Let's go get Jose Alvarado. And let's re-sign JT Ramuto and Didi Gregorius. And that was their offseason. That's what they did. Yeah, the, the Dabrowski move definitely shook us to the core. Because we were like, what? The Phillies, the rumor were, was that they weren't going to re-sign JT and that they didn't have any money. And then that they were going to trade Zach Wheeler for Babe Ruth. <laughs> and um, and then they signed Dave Dombrowski to be their new... um whatever he is, and all he does is spend money. It is very odd. I feel like the Phillies could not decide what they wanted to be. I think they tried to cry poor 
But then their fans it didn't work. This came for their souls. They were like, no, that's not yeah. going to happen. And then they were like, oh, maybe we'll rebuild. So they were like, oh, Zach Wheeler may be on the trade block. And then, again, the fans came for their souls, and they backtracked. I think they're very scared of their fan base. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, we, we'll never know what like really went on, but it did kind of seem like Philly got reminded that they can't cry poor in Philadelphia. That's a you got to have a competing team. So did did they put out a competing team? I mean, their ads they got JT Romito was a big one, um, which is I mean it's good if you're a Phillies fan, but kind of boring for the rest of us. Like we want to see him somewhere else. And then they go out and spice things up with resigning Didi Gregorius. So two. I guess are, two of their biggest moves. Those are two really good ball players. Didi Gregorius is a they really are. good shortstop. He does not get enough praise for that. JT Ramuto is the best catcher in baseball. So I think both those moves, I don't know if Didi wasn't necessary. They needed a shortstop, and he's just as good an option as he was going to get in the market. Mm-hmm. I might take him over Simeon. Like, I think it's a pretty close race. And then, obviously, JT Ramuto is must-needed bat. You saw Bryce Harper chirping, like how we needed to bring him back. So those are the moves they made. And the most notable loss that I saw is they lost Jake Arrieta, who's going to the Cubs, reunited there. He was bad with the Phillies, but he ate innings in a season where you're going to need a lot of pitchers to eat innings. He was able to do that. Jack, are you mm-hmm. ready to hear this lineup, though? Because they made these moves. Let's hear who they got, and that, that's nine now. Let's hear it. Yeah, so like we said, they just re-signed everybody. So this is their lineup, basically the same as 2020. 2020. You got Andrew McCutcheon leading off, followed by Alex Bo- Alec Bohm. Bryce Harper in the free hold, then JT Ramuto batting cleanup, Reese Hoskins batting fifth, Didi Gregorius, Gene Segura, and rounding it out in the eighth spot is catcher Scott, a uh, center fielder Scott Kingery. Sorry about that. Yeah, so I mean their lineup banged last year. Um, Bang. Yeah, so I think they did not too much new blood, but they're kind of bringing it back. We'll see if that works. I mean they got a a working formula. Let's see if they can bring that back. I am a little weary of. Not um, it, I like new blood. Uh, I'm a little worried that they might have some sort of that Nationals Red Sox effect, but they also were kind of didn't succeed last year, so they won't have any hangover. So that'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, we also skimmed over their their ads this season to replace. All right, we can get to that later. We'll get that. Let's talk lineup first. So I look at this lineup, and I know what you're saying about young blood, but I think young blood only t- or new blood only takes effect when you win. If you lose, I actually think it's a good idea to bring back kind of that same squad. Maybe get them hungry. Maybe get them reunited. Like, rally around that loss yeah. and try to build up a fire. So, I like that. I look up their lineup, and I see I see a very strong middle of that lineup. You got Bryce Harper, J.T. Muto, and Reese Hoskins batting 3, 4, and 5. Like, I'm always going to believe that Bryce Harper has MVP candidate, see MVP, like, talent, until he proves me wrong. I'm Even though, like, he hasn't been the best recently, I think he could still snap and have it. A great season and he even in his bad seasons he's still an a plus ball player and then you got jt obviously he's gonna do the damn thing back slugged 491 last year at the catcher position and then reese hoskins who had a bit of a down 2020 but he can still spin that and then even on the bottom half like dd gregorius in your sixth hole and gene segura batting seventh he hit 266 in 2020 like i like that as yeah, a seven I, hitter their lineup has really good names and i think it is a pretty good lineup and i think there's a lot of guys who are coming off of down years, are kind of coming off of a couple down years, and they. I think they need a few guys to really break out to become the stars. Even Harper, he ha- he's got to have an MVP-like season because we're going to mention it all episode long. They're in the NL East. Like, they have to compete with the Braves and Mets lineup who have all these stars. Their, their names have to play like the names they are. 
I agree, but also I think that Bryce Harper is going to have an easier chance of having a breakout season just because of the guy who's in front of him, and Alec Bohm. The guy hit free 38 last year in 120 in 180 plate appearances. That's not a ton of plate appearances, but still, that's that's pretty good. If you got someone getting on base in front of you at a free 30 clip, and you're Bryce Harper, that's going to help you out a lot. Whether it's just like what your approach needs to be at the plate, the pressure that's on you, and then you got the lineup protection by bringing back JT that they did. That kind of gives you you fit in real comfortable there. Like as your Harper, you feel good there. I like that. And I just like the depth on this lineup. I think that they can bang. It's a good mix of righties and lefties. I liked, I don't hate their bench either. So I kind of look at this team and I'm like, okay, they were the fifth most run scored in 2020. They can bang with any lineup in the league. The only teams that were ahead of them were the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Braves, and the Padres. So I, I don't think this lineup's a problem. If anything, I think this is a, easily the strength of this team. Yeah, definitely the strength of the team. Um, and yeah, they just... All they really had to do was improve all the other parts of that team, and then they were bound for success. So they kind of came into this offseason, and their priority seems like it kind of had to be um, end of the rotation, because it was horrible after their first two, and bullpen, which was just tragic. And they they did sign Archie Bradley and Jose Alvarado to the pen, and um, those were kind of their big names. Is that enough when you did have... Bigger, you had Kirby Yates, um, Liam Hendricks, Sean Doolittle, bigger names out there on the market. Enough in what way? Is it enough to make this bullpen not the worst bullpen in the league? Yeah. Is it enough to make this bullpen like a elite bullpen? Like, I don't know. What, what, do you, what do you mean? Like, is it like enough just to be good? Yeah, I mean, they, they were horrible. Does this, because in my mind, this doesn't push the needle that much. Uh, I think Archie Bradley is a very good reliever in that seventh swing spot type of setup role where he can be your seventh inning guy, your eighth yeah. inning guy. I think he's going to be their closer. If he's your closer, I don't or their like eighth. that. I thought they were going with Hector Neres, maybe. Yeah, I think it, they're they're going to be competing There's for it. There's going to be some I mean, there. Archie would be in the eighth, probably. I don't like Archie if he's your closer. I love him in that seventh, eighth inning role guy. Then you got Jose Alvarado, like you mentioned. Hector Neres is still there. And then you got some guys... Just in this pen, who are not, who did not have good twenty twenties. We just have to face it. But they did bring in a couple other guys in uh, Tony Watson and Brandon Kinsler's as non roster invites, who did have nice twenty twenties. If you go and look at their stats, so I think there's some guys on this team that could potentially twirl it. That's the difference between this bullpen and last bull- year's bullpen. Last year's bullpen, there was no hope. Like you looked at them and you were like, oh. What, what's going to happen here? But I look at this pen, and I'm like, there's some upside there. That's important. Now, I think there are guys short. But if Hector Neris, Archie Bradley, Jose Alvarado, and Brandon Kinsler, Tony Watson, these guys can just kind of find it enough until they get to midseason, then obviously the Phillies are going to be your major. Whoever's the number one closer, if the Phillies are in it, that's where they're going to go. So I think, think this is a classic case of a team who's building towards the trade deadline, depending on how good they are. Yeah, you gotta. They they brought. I do agree. They brought in some names. They have to all perform very well, much better than they did in twenty twenty, and then they also probably have to bring in some bonus arms. But I mean, you Hector Neris, four point five ERA in twenty twenty. Alvarado a six ERA. Um, Jojo Romero, who's kind of a name for them, seven ERA. They really just it. Would, whoever they threw out there was just gonna blow the game. I agree, but it's also like it's always you gotta always make sure that you. Take into account that an ERA for a reliever is such a hard stat to truly abide by just because of how, like, 
how many innings they pitched in that one bad inning. I'm very I'm gonna find it out. I'm curious how many appearances did Hector Neris give up runs. I'm gonna f- talk about that. But Jack, who's who's spinning it in their starting rotation? So they draw Nola and Wheeler, who were who were studs. They pitched very well, and that's probably one of the only reasons they were in that position to almost make the playoffs. And then after that, it was uh, just horrendous. Quickly on uh, Hector Neris, he gave up in six. He appeared in 24 games last year, and he gave up runs in six of them. So that's not great. That's a little high. Not great. Not great. Yeah. Now what you want to see from a top-end reliever. So that bullpen is out. That ERA is a little bit accurate. But yeah, so you look at this rotation. You got, like you mentioned, Aaron Noller at the top, who's just going to do the damn thing. I love him. Nat, one of the nastiest curveballs in the game. Definitely projects as an ace. But then Zach Wheeler, who had a better 2020, and the only thing I got right about this Phillies team was them signing Zach Wheeler and his potential and his role. He's one of the weirdest guys to watch pitch. He throws 97, mm. 98, but gets no strikeouts. He has averages like six strikeouts per nine. Um, I remember watching a couple of his starts. He'd go like seven innings, and he's just like that classic ground ball pitcher, kind of like that Ricky Porcello vibe that we got in 2016, where he's just going to get everyone to ground out because his ball's so heavy. And then Zach Eflin really burst onto the scene in um, in 2020. Like He was good for them. He pitched. He had a free 9-7 ERA in that third spot in the rotation. I like him there. I've used that top three, and I'm like, okay, that's that's good. That's But then we got question marks, four or five. Like Vince Velasquez, Matt Moore, what are you going to actually get from that? Yeah, I, I forget the st- what the exact stats were, were, but um, when you did the math and any Phillies 3, 4, or 5 starter, were they were the worst rotation in the league if you just take out Nolan Wheeler. So they, they just got to get basically anything to just coast by once you get after those first two um, pitchers, especially in this division when you're going to be playing the Mets and you're going to be playing the, the Braves and, and even the Nationals. Like they, This is a very strong pitching division. The Braves can't really get by with two studs. Um, or the, the Phillies can't get by with two studs. They got Vince Velasquez and Matt Moore slotted in here on fan drafts. Um, I'm not sure exactly how they're, how they're going to do it. End of the rotation is kind of always up in the air. But if that is what it is, it's all right. But um, definitely probably not a strength of this team. Well, I think also, obviously, Philly fans are going to know more about who your fifth starter is going to be than we do. Yeah. But um, like I think they will also be kind of relying on people like Spencer Howard, one of their like notable prospects, top 100 mm-hmm. prospect. He debuted in 2020. He had a 4.65 ERA. Um, in 93 innings pitched, but he's still like he's projected to have like a number two level upside as a pitcher. He just got to kind of work on his command and stuff. So I think you're going to see a lot of that happen with this team. Like they're going to try, just going to be a lot of trial and error. But also, I think that you could potentially see someone like Spencer Howard maybe come up, get hot, and get traded because that's kind of Dave Dombrowski's mo is like trade your guys and go get established dudes. So I like, yeah. I don't like this rotation. But I like the top half. I think Zach Eflin's going to be a good free starter this year for them. He may kind of shift back up to like a four ERA, but I still think that's solid. Um, and Zach Wheeler, just quick little rant on him because I love him, but I want I found the stats I was talking about. In 2020, he averaged the strikeouts per nine, 6.7, which was by far the lowest of his career. The season before, he averaged nine, nine strikeouts per nine. He also averaged a league low .4 home runs per nine innings during one of the during the juiciest ball seasons. So, that's the type of pitcher he is. So, I see these fan grass projections like, oh, he's going to end up over four ERA. I don't think he will. I think that he turned a corner last year. He learned, hey, I don't need to try to strike these guys out. My pitch works down in the zone. It's a heavy 97. They can't lift it. 
That's how I'm going to pitch. So I think you're going to see this kind of new form of Zach Wheeler continue to go. He's only 20. I think he's 28 years old. He's 30. He just turned 30, 30 years yeah. old. He's still young in the sense that he's only been in the major leagues for six years. Like, he's got time. It's it's weird that he's a decent amount older than Nola. I didn't really know that. He is. He's got that five-year contract because of, like, he's he is older. But I still think he's going to do the damn thing for this Phillies team. So I'm really high on Wheeler again and Nola. I think they're going to be a... Maybe, I have to think, who else is in uh No, the Mets have a better top two rotation than them, for sure. Um, yeah, probably the Nats, too. Yeah, okay. So it's a top-heavy... The rotations in this division are really good. But I still like that one, yeah. too, of any of them. Yeah, it's, it's a good one, too. And But I think when we... As we go through this team, because this is always a highly touted team to distrust between us. I mean, they are in this division. We can't pretend like they're not. So, like... They might have a good top of the rotation, like yeah. But if that's not even gonna get them close to a wild card, I feel like they gotta they gotta figure something out fast. True. I think the key for this team is obviously gonna be what happens after Nolan Wheeler. Like you can, mm-hmm. the lineup can bang, and it's gonna bang with them in the best in the league. But like I said, they were fifth most runs scored in the league. They were twenty third in runs allowed in the league. So that gap between fifth and twenty third is where is this team fell short. If they can just be a top fifteen team. In pitching, this team's going to win 86-87 games. Easy. I truly believe that. This lineup is good enough. This bullpen has its problems, but it's got some talent now. And this rotation has the MLB caliber aces you need to contend during a season. So I really do think that 3-5 to five spot in the rotation, who's pitching, how good is it going to be, and also who's is that back end of the bullpen going to be sturdy enough or are we going to continue to see them try to put too much pressure on someone like Bradley or Alvarado and them not be able to come true? Or did they? I feel like this team is just missing two pitchers, and they would be probably my favorite in the division, honestly. Uh, yeah. If, if you gave me, they need some studs. My voice is cracked. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> edit that in yeah. post. If you give me a solid number free starter, like a legitimate number free starter and a closer, I'm in on this team, a hundred percent. I think that's over, only thing keeping over the Mets and Braves. I'm really high on them. I would have to see who's a closer and who's a third starter is, but you could convince me. If this team had who's a third starter on the Mets right now, like I just blanking. Stroman. If this team had Marcus Stroman and give me a closer in the MLB, I think this team could bang with anyone in the NL East. I really could. That's that's definitely interesting. Yeah, I I think. Um... This team, to make the playoffs, they have one of the hardest paths in the league mm-hmm. for a contender. I agree with which that. Which sucks for them. Um, like if, like you were saying, if they win 87 games, they probably don't get in. Yeah, prob- in the NOEs, probably not. Well, that's another thing. Yeah. So their win total might be... They are playing in the toughest division in baseball. If you took his team out of the NOEs, you put them in any other division, I think they're a top two team in, besides the NOS. If you put them in like the NL Central, yeah, like the AL Central, any team, any any team in the AL, they're probably top two in the division. If you put them in the NL Central, they're the best team, not even close. It's just the division, mm-hmm. the NL East, is so competitive. But I don't think that the Phillies are miles behind the Braves and the Mets. I really don't. They're not yet. Yeah, I mean, they they built a decent team. It's just they have holes. They do. where kind of these other teams are not. They're, they're not as holy. You know? The problem with the Phillies is they have, they've made the, the high leverage signings. They brought in the Harper. They got Ramuto. They have the bats and the names. They haven't done a good enough job of rounding this roster out where it feels deep enough. Because if you lose yeah. one bat in that lineup, you're not deep enough. Like, we didn't even talk about, obviously, I don't like talking about injuries. But, like, 
if you, for example, were to lose even Harper for a month or Hoskins for a month, I do have no faith that this team could handle that because that doesn't feel like the Phillies vibe. And going the the other way, if you lose Bradley for a a little bit, how are you going to close a game? Yeah, your team team feels very – it has names and it has potential. And I really like this team again. Oh, my God, I'm doing it again, Jack. Um, (laughs) I really like this team again, but it seems very fragile. Like one like heavy drop and it's going to break the whole Phillies persona. I think this Phillies has to prove it. They have to prove that they're they're they've changed. The culture's got to change, and I think they also need a little magic. Is what they they need some of that Nats magic to, like, kind of prove everyone wrong. Like, may I do see a world where they sneak in in the second team. They maybe the the Mets kind of have a disappointing year. The Nats don't really get it together, and the Phillies just kind of get everything working. But um, on paper at least, it's hard to see that. But that's not how baseball works. So yeah, I have a question for you. If you were a betting man. What what percentage would you give the Phillies of finishing second in this division? Very low, probably like ten. I give them twenty five percent. I think. I, spe- I mean, we, we've done the Mets pod, we've done the Nats pod. We say good things about them too. That's four teams that we like in this division. This it's like only maybe two can make the playoffs. This team's better than the Nationals. I'm convinced of that. I think. I think when you did the Nats, though, we were saying the other thing. I never said that they were better than the Phillies. Well, what do you, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. But we'll yeah. get to the record prediction when we get to the record prediction. I think this team, the thing with the Nats is the Nats have an older roster. They aren't meant to win right now. When you look at that Rat- Nats roster, they won in 2019, but it's not like they're being built for now. There's a lot of question marks up and down this team where I think you could convince, I can convince myself more that this Phillies team is one or two moves away from potentially being, like, a legitimate World Series contender. The Nats, I don't think, are one or two moves away from being a legitimate World Series contender. There's too many factors, like Scherzer's getting older, Strasburg cannot stay healthy. Yeah. There's too many, like, flip of the dice in that lineup. This is a legitimate MLB lineup, two legitimate starters, a bullpen that has names. It's just they're missing two pitchers, I'm telling you. That's it. Yeah, I, I think the Nats are on the way down. The Phillies are on the way up. I do think the, the lineup... It, it it did bang, but just my gut reaction is, it's um there's a lot of names, but they all kind of kind of have to perform better than they have lately. Like Didi, um, even, I mean Harper's played well, but not to the Harper standard. And like like Reese and um is even JT. I mean JT's the best catcher in the game, but he's gonna hit two sixty. Yeah, you. if if the Phillies are fifth most in runs scored in the MLB, is that good enough? Yeah. Yeah. So if they can just do what they did last year, this lineup is not good enough. It's not. It's not good enough for the rest of their team. Well, yeah, that's a different. That's a different story. Um, of like their bullpen being historically bad. If their bullpen, dude, was literally just league average, this team's in the playoffs. Yeah. So they they gotta get that figured out. I was pretty shocked. I mean, we were we thought it was a shoe in they were gonna sign like five relievers. Yeah, I really. They did. got Bradley. They got Alvarado. I think they picked up some other guys, but um. Nothing big. Like, it seems like, wouldn't it be obvious to go get, I mean, if you gave JT that much money, which I guess Harper kind of forced you to, but go pick up, like, Hendricks. Go get Kirby Yates. Like, really, just, like, say, okay, look, we have a closer now. Well, obviously, I'm just I'm going to play devil's advocate on this because I think we're, we get, we're going against each other on these Phillies team. If you're a Phillies yeah. fan and you really do have a strap for money, because ev- even the Yankees are strapped for money at this point, so it's not mm-hmm. that hard to believe or fathom that the you Phillies have a You got to pick your budget. priorities. Yeah. Got a budget. 
I don't think it's a terrible idea to try to take a couple flyers on some bullpen guys. See what you can figure out because relievers are so weird. Like, I don't mm-hmm. blame them for not paying Liam Hendricks that money because I think Liam Hendricks got paid a little too much. But there are guys yeah. out there like Brad Hand for that one-year eight mil. They could be like, all right, add him to this pen and feel a little better. You add uh, Trevor May just signed. Or was it Trevor, Trevor May or Trevor Rosenthal just signed? I always mix them up. Rosenthal and Rosenthal. May. I mean, both guys they yeah. could have picked up. You grab one of those guys. Like, you maybe add one more arm to this pen, you feel good. But I don't think it's terrible to try to take some flyers, see who shakes loose during the season, and, like, get a cheaper option. Because the bullpen is Dombrowski's downfall overall. That has been his downfall yeah. his whole career. <laughs> I'm more upset that they didn't get a third pitcher than anything else. I think that's where they failed. If you could have gotten a Darvish, a Snell, one of those guys who moved this offseason, maybe even try to pull away Carrasco before he went to the Mets, something like that, I think that would have mm-hmm. been your better move. Yeah, I agree. Bullpen is, is very, it's really hard to build and use a really good bullpen. Maybe there were some managing issues. Maybe they can figure that out well and try to utilize this bullpen right. I mean, people always praise Girardi for knowing how to use a bullpen. He could not get anything working. So well, I don't um, blame that we'll on him what, last year because, dude, you were literally like, were me horrible. and you were rolling out there. Like, yeah. flipping pancakes yeah, but I mean, in the dugout and then throwing 42-mile-per-hour sliders they, down the middle of the plate. Yeah, they got they got him into some little extra help. We'll see if that can help. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if this we're at the end of the year we're saying, oh, this Philly team just kept blowing some big games and they couldn't get in. All right, final question. Like, well, yeah. Final question because we've gone a little long on them. Um, mm-hmm. So what, in your mind, is a successful season for the Philadelphia Phillies? Don't give me a record. Just like, all right, we're in October. The World Series is going on. How is it? Do you feel, oh, Phillies had a good season? With the competition, I think a success would be making the playoffs as a wild card, probably. So they have to make the playoffs to be a success to you. I'm, no, I'm just trying to clarify. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bet. I just wanted to see the line. I wanted to know the line so we kind of had a gauge of what we expect from this team. Now, so I think I think that's kind of everything. If we missed anything, guys, you know, obviously weigh in. You guys know more about your Phillies, so tweet at us and stuff like that, and we can talk about it more at We Got Ice Baseball. So, Jack, uniform, look good, feel good. Where are we coming on these Phillies team? I think the unis are pretty good. I think the NL East is strong in general. Um, yeah, they're, they're nice. I like the pinstripe. I like their baby blue a lot. I think every, everything they, they rock out, it's, it's a historical franchise. It, it just works. And I'm, the red and white is unique. I'm very biased with Harper and uh, Baby Blue. It just works in a different way, man. It's nice, yeah. It looks so good. He fills that uniform out, and that walk-off Grand Slam will never not be in my head in those, in mm-hmm. those blues. Ooh, got to love yeah, it. If, if you can get a pinstripe, uh, a plane, and a throwback, if those are all in your rotation, you're golden. You're doing pretty good. I'm going to have to come in on a four with these Phillies uniforms. I think they have a good rotation, solid standard colors. Like You can wear any of those and be like, oh, that's a nice uniform. I'm going to put them at 3-9 because I think they're really good. They're not a personal favorite, which I think I have to save for those high that. ratings. But yeah, it's a, it's a great uniform. I respect that. A 4 is a good one. So we got to talk Phillies, Phillies record because we've been going back and forth this entire podcast where they're going to come in at. So, Jack, how do you have the Phillies coming in? I just quickly before that, I want to find out what we had the Nationals at. I had the Nats at 84 and 78. You had them at 82 and 82. So yes. that's the Phillies' main contender in my eyes of, like, are they going to be better? Are they going to be worse for them? So, Jack, what do you mm-hmm. got the Phillies coming in on? And contender is such a, a weird term because contender, yeah. it, they're contending for a non-playoff spot. Contending for what, exactly? But I think Third 86 place, and 76 is what I have the Phillies coming in at. 
I have him coming in mm-hmm. 86 and 76. I think that is contending for a playoff spot in the NL if the uh, if the NL East turns into the bloodbath that I think it's going to be. Yeah, you're you're going to be 86 and 76. You're that's a good season, that's I a, think, in that NL. I think NL 86 and 76 is where the Phillies are going to come. I think it's going to be a good season. They're going to be competitive all year. They're going to be pushing towards the playoffs. And but they'll fall short just because, like I said, they're missing that third arm. They're missing that bullpen guy. If Dombrowski adds to this roster, I think that number changes. But right now, I think they need more than what they got. But they're a good. They're above five hundred. They're a good ball club. Yeah, I I agree with all those points. I think with the roster right now, it's one way they've got to make moves to to really kind of shake up this division. Um, I'm putting him at 79 and 83, which is low, but I've just Ooh. I've been riding the fence a lot, and I just I feel like we got to have one that's super different. Putting at 79 and 83, I really think we might have slept on or overrate we overrated the bottom half of this lineup because I I mean bottom half of this rotation because I think it is worse than we even said. And with the bullpen not being improved enough, I'm worried that this is going to be tail end of the season. They just can't keep up pitching wise with this other these other teams so yeah 79 83 the current record prediction is 83 and 79 for the philadelphia phillies so we both went over and under that so we kind of split the difference mm-hmm. on that so yeah um you want to hear a fun stat a little pod fun stat that i have on the phillies sure Every, the top three hitters in their lineup are all number are all first round picks so that's talent that's talent right there there's talent yeah that's a little fun stat for you guys today and is our how many are homegrown uh only harper oh no only bohm is homegrown Oh, in the lineup, there's three homegrown players: Scott Kingery, um, Reese Hoskins, and Alec Bohm are the only homegrown oh, hitters in that lineup. Interesting. Yeah. So they've been making moves. We'll see, see what they can do this year. Wheeling and dealing. So let's keep wheeling and dealing, Davey. That's what we need to see to get this team going. Thank you for listening to another episode of our 30 for 30 journey. Journey. Did you agree with our Phillies take? What is your record for the Philadelphia Phillies? Tell me Jack is wrong in the comments on Instagram and TikTok at We Got Ice Baseball. Leave a rating if you are listening on Apple Podcasts and half the time. And we will see you tomorrow for another episode. Bless you, Jack. Take it easy, guys. And stay tuned. <laughs>